Hey, Jacob. Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is the Dresden Files podcast. Well, hello. You, you had a question? No, I was just going to see if I could get Ben with something, but then he caught on too quick. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was pulling up the uh, the chat here to see if anybody's talking to us. Welcome to the Dresden Files no. podcast. That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> I don't know. What else we got? <laughs> we, we're going to talk about vaguely Dresden-related things for the next hour or so. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were discussing uh, proving guilty. Yeah. But we intended on having more people here, and then they couldn't make it, but whatever. So you stuck with us again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember when I said there was no way we're going to get through this reread before the next part? Yes, and we all said you were wrong. Yeah, right. I remember, like, I remember that. <laughs> I I also I'm remember really wanting that we'll finish this reread in time. I really wanted to spend two shows on something awesome like Deadbeat, and instead we're just going to be like full speed ahead until we run out of content again. <laughs> to be fair, there's a so, lot of setup in this, like in this book. Actually, like there's things in this book that's yet to be resolved. True. Right. Right. What What are your favorites there, Andreas? Of uh, things that have yet to be resolved. Yeah. Uh, the whole. Is there everybody's favorite? <laughs> yeah. Go. Uh, the whole the whole attack. Who was behind it? Like who was behind the hit and run? Uh, the hit and run. Who fixed little Chicago? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I think that the whole the whole the whole plot is kind of kind of like he thinks that he he's like when he's talking with Ebenezer. He's like, I think I was used. We were used like one fairy queen to get one over on the other fairy queen, but I can't really figure out how. Right. But like I feel like. The Fetches, for example, I think they might have been sent by Map to get dressed in to Arctic Tour. Right. And I think they actually Fetch wanted him sent to by Map, not by Maeve. Why though? To get Dresden involved. Why though? They sent it after Molly. She needed to get Molly to Arctic Tour so Dresden would go there and would be able to save Arctic Tour from the attack from the Denarian. Except he didn't have anything to do with that. Well, maybe he did. I mean, some they were probably coming back uh, up until all of Winter's forces came back. But he, she couldn't act openly about that. She had to do it through the subterfuge of now all of Winter's forces are back. Some are wow. able to act. I thought the actual plans, like the stuff that we've seen, were pretty crazy. So you're saying the Denarians, the the Black Council specifically, because the Denarians are not in on it. Nicodemus isn't in on it, no, right? Just the so, one. So the Black Council brought down the gates, killed all of her royal guard, whatever you want to call them, right? Did whatever they were there to do, left. We're going to come back for reasons because you always return to the scene of the crime. Mab was afraid of that, so she had to trick Dresden into coming to Arthas Tor so that Dresden would single-handedly summon the armies of, of Winter. Yeah. And, it, and it had to be Dresden. There's no other retarded fire mage in the entire world that can do this. <laughs> you might as well hit a couple of birds with one stone when she also gets Molly and Dresden interacting with each other. Gets she, Molly being trained as a wizard. One of the big reasons she wants Dresden there, other than who knows with the Black Council attacking, that might be a reason we can discuss that. She wants she wants Dresden to kill uh, the old one tonight. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a little bit of that, but okay. Um, she That's the only part 
that makes sense so far to me. Like the the rest incidentally, but because she's definitely after Dresden for the winter night and will accept nobody else, you know. Well, likely Mav survived the attack and she was hidden as a statue. She was next to Leah, who was a she-sickle and infected. So maybe she wanted to be close to that to make sure that the infection didn't spread like it did. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me how... So the she black, it seems clear it's the Black Council that attacks, right? Like, we can all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason they attack is because the Black Council is, like, it also has some, like, pretty like pretty big implications. The Black Council is actually probably Nemesis. Something right? connected to. Yeah. Right. I would imagine they're at, yeah. Nemesis control people and people they have power over that don't maybe know that they're controlled mm -hmm. by Nemesis. Sure. So why would Nemesis need to attack to free this part, this Nemesis infection from Leah, like get her out of there? Does that does that indicate that the Nemesis infection is a very limited resource? It's or probably they very were, costly for them. Or they were trying to get Mab. Yeah, that's they it. hadn't yet. They tried to do it subtle, it didn't work, so they tried to do it through brute force, and that didn't work either. So they got it into Maeve. So that's another reason they but might be able to Maeve was already taken by right? They're going for the leader who is currently protecting the mortal realm, basically. This like, is the reality. first time we see Maeve infected. Yeah. We but just she's already Maeve. infected by now. She is infected as of this book, because yeah. she's already been working with Lily. But right. But we don't know. Like, She might have... This might be where she gets infected. Or no. like, she was infected by the time she showed up at McAnally's yeah. because she lies. <laughs> right? Does it does it? Right, because this is where she's planting the seeds about how Mab's gone in. Yeah, right. So I guess, but up until that point, she could think she could have thought that she would think that's the truth. No, because Mab later says specifically that the reason Leia got to her was using the athame, which she doesn't have anymore because. Mad took it from her as early as Deadbeat, at a minimum. Right. Now, if it helps, there is a word of Jim that says that Mab's the one who had Molly brought in. Um, and I'll post well, it in a second so you can get the exact wording. Right. It's like really hard. Like until we get the actual answer, it's really hard to figure out how, like, why did we pull? Like, was Dresden needed to get, go there? It's, it's pretty clear that he, like. He was pulled there by the fetches, and that was intentional. But right. then, if someone wanted him there, who would? Who was the mysterious force that we still don't know? Who, for example, and Uriel. Like, but who, for example, who who warded Dresden against like going like when he was going to kill a fetch or, or however? Someone's like making a ward against him. It's not Molly. She can't do that. There was a person in the room with the the seagull guy, the Jason wannabe. When he gets in there the first time, that like he sees someone slipping out of the room, but he doesn't see who. Right. That was probably the person warding, but who was that? Who's trying to stop him right. from engaging with the fetches? That's that's one of the things that I still definitely have as an open question is that he was being physically warded the first time, but by whom and why and wherefore and like that's that's a question I haven't seen people discuss before. Um so, so that's weird because because it, it's uh, they also hexed the lighting and everything, right? Which there's some of that, like the second attack, but not the same way. I I didn't it didn't it didn't feel the same to me. So, but yeah, 
Yeah, there's, I feel like there's actually, there's a lot of unanswered questions in the book, other than the obvious. Who fixed the the, the mini Chicago? Who who did the drive by? A drive by could have been the same person trying to stop him. It could have been like, I just need to stop Dresden, run it, run him off the road, stop him from getting to the. I just need to like make sure he doesn't get to Arch's tour. I, I mean, my own conspiracy is this is when Harry time travels back. He knows that as he's driving down the highway that's when he realized that something big is happening. It's because someone tried to kill him right then. That was his clue. It's like, okay, I'm on the right track because someone just tried to kill me and that doesn't happen always. No, but he's not on the right track. He's just been like, basically, there's there's black magic. And he's like, oh, getting run off the road. Yeah. And then it's like, this is big enough that someone just tried to kill me. This is important. I have to pay attention to this. Therefore, I'm going to do the gigantic thing of Little Chicago. I don't know. Getting a note from Rashid seems like it would have been enough of a... Yeah. Hey, pay attention to this shit. But he did seem to take it as an amplification of the seriousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pretty honestly, I, I've been partial to the theory that it was just an attack of opportunity, the same thing that that Madrigals was, right? And, you know, we find out in in um, Cold Days specifically that it's been Ace running around just being a pain in Harry's ass, doing a bunch of other little bullshit things and so like i've been partial to the fact or to like it's at least less of a leap i think to think that ace did it than come up with some other mysterious person or somebody else who would who would drive it because you know to to limit the suspect pool like this so they're probably on the spooky side in some way shape or form but they're also either mortal or at least half mortal in some way where they're still driving around a car right i mean the 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 car could definitely have been Ace. It makes a lot of sense. It's, the only reason I think that it's it might not it probably not is him is it seems ridiculous to me that Ace is reintroduced in skin games and kind of like I think basically taken out. Right? It gets, does he get killed? He gets killed, right? In cold days. Cold days. In cold days. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it's not mentioned that he's the one driving the car, so that that would be resolved. Sure. As yeah. a, from a storytelling perspective. Well, it and maybe it has to, maybe it has to do with the time travel shenanigans because they're the the only thing that really makes sense, and it's weird to say that that the only thing that makes sense is time travel, but there's just so few people that could really do what you know what they did to Little Chicago, right? So that's mm-hmm. one of the loose ends is that it either had to be Harry directly or it had to be a being of crazy immense power. You know, and most of those guys are restricted, you know, so, so what Mab fixed it for some reason, Uriel fixed it for some reason. Mab you know, fixed like, it for the reason of getting Dresden to be able to follow Molly into Arctis Tor, maybe, but that means that she would have been away from Arctis Tor, which she probably wasn't considering right. she's protecting the wellspring of winter. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, I, I I really, I still don't fully buy the time travel, like time traveling Harry in the sense that it breaks, you know, causality in such a big and obvious way. It's a very have- few people who could get into Harry's apartment through his wards without right. imitation, do magic enough to fix little Chicago. I can't even think of like other than big cosmic beings who the fuck can do that. Right. Um, but Uriel might be restricted by things like the homestead laws. Right. Well, well Uriel's restricted by everything. 
But right. now, now take it a step further, right? Like, so we've got to find people who have who have the means. We those same people have loads of opportunity, but who knew about Little Chicago to be able to do it? Fucking nobody. Bob and Harry knew about it, and Lashiel. That like so that's why it's like it's got to be some other kind of crazy thing. And unless he's got some way to kind of resolve the causality, like it still makes more sense that it's time traveling, Harry. But I have a tough time because that's that's a chicken and the egg thing, right? If what Bob says is true, that it by using Little Chicago the way that they built it would have killed Harry. So you've either got the crazy, you know, burnt up Harry Dresden running around in the future, come back in time to save himself, or he died and cannot come back and save himself. Like it's probably Jim is probably if this is time travel, Jim is going with that whole theory of like time travel has already happened. Like the whole world, mm -hmm. like timeline is as it is. So if anything's happened in the past, affected by someone traveling back from the future. Like that's already happened. Like, you which know, is a lot like born. the conversation that he had with Bob when he was saying Rashid got this from foresight. He had to have. Mm -hmm. Well, or it's hindsight. It's what they did in Looper, right? Where it's like it happened, so it's always happened, and it's a closed loop or whatever. But at mm -hmm. the same time, like it just you know he would have had to have yeah he would have had to have that motivation, you know. So I guess. Yeah, I guess he could, you could say like he go he goes in the future and when he goes back in time, he's like, oh wait, I have to fix little Chicago because I'm the only one who can. And then if I don't, bad shit's going to happen or whatever. And it becomes a sealed loop like that. But it just... Otherwise, it's the alternate realities. Like there is alternate realities. There's going to be an also Harry where it's just like right. someone went back, changed something. It's a new reality from that point. Yeah, alternate Harry just jumps around and helps out other Harrys. Yeah, it's just like, I gotta fix some shit, yo. As opposed to the other alternate Harry that brings Harry's in to kill them so that he can escape. Right. Yeah. The many spectrum of Harry's. Yeah. I, I, as far as the multi-hair, I'd, I'd prefer it if Jim kind of kept that just to mirror, mirror. We're kind of getting, I, I don't know that uh, that's going to that be, be nice. an enduring, no, alt Harry would be an enduring character, meaningful, have a no, meaningful interaction with the plot. No, it's not like that. But what's going to happen is in the BAT, Harry's going to summon his six badass selves, and the seven Harrys are going to ride into the gates of hell. And they're going to unite the infinity well, stones. And well, they're well, they're well, right. Well, I just want to point out there that Jim is a huge Spider Man fan, and that happens in the <laughs> Spider Man cartoon. Right? That's true. And it happened like, in the best Spider Man movie. And we just head into the Spider Verse with a bunch of different. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's the best Spider Man movie ever. So. Oh, great! We're going to see female Harry, and he's going to be sexist to himself. Harriet. <laughs> yeah. He'll oddly, he'll oddly be the only ugly female character. Well, yeah, I don't. She'll have a beard, and you know. <laughs> but I think. I, I think this this book, whatever it's facing drag. This book is probably one of the. The books where it's like the most <laughs> unanswered questions, I feel like. like at least of the more early, early-ish book. This is like middle book, but it, I feel like it's definitely kicked off a lot of stuff that, you know, hasn't been resolved a lot of like back half, you know, types of things. Like we don't see some of the ramifications of what gets kicked off here until, you know, changes and ghost story and mm -hmm. and 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 I mean obviously you said, you know, we haven't wrapped some things up still. So we're coming up on eight books later from book eight, and we we haven't resolved all of these these things. So 
I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a candidate, like in some ways, for his you know time travel shenanigans to fix stuff, not just you know little Chicago or whatever. And I keep thinking time travel because of all the things we've already said, but also just the the fact that Rashid is a character and a motivator for this one, and Rashid gets involved with time travel. Like, if he was doing something to ensure that time-traveling Harry didn't fuck it up because he was watching everything and he was able to open the doors at the exact time Michael and everyone else showed so up at the council the meeting. I think those, the Rashid is there and uh, there's definitely nemesis things that we didn't know about yet at the time. It's like... Right. Well, the two most obvious... It's very rare Rashid even goes back to the mortal world, right? Like, right. usually stays at the gate. I mean, as and far as people there, in book... Other than time travel, Harry. The really the most obvious people that could have done it are Mab, who may or may not be otherwise occupied. You mean and Rashid? Point you have there. Any fairy, and it would can benevolently go into anyone's home and do good shit for them. Right, and we know it's not Leah because she's good shit, right? We know it's not Leah, so Mab potentially has the onus as taking over the duties of godparent to do it. And if she is not able to do so, she may task another fairy under her command to be able to do it. And we know she's involved, even if she's just hanging out in the background. Yeah. Right. And then the and other person's Rashid with his hindsight and is getting Harry to kick off this whole thing in the beginning. So these yeah. are the two most likely options, other than a time travel sort of scenario. I mean, I don't think Rashid would be able to get into the house so seamlessly. But I think he'd... he's one of the few people that would. I think he absolutely is. We haven't really gotten much hint of exactly how strong Rashid is, except gatekeepers are probably really strong. Didn't Jim say he's one of the deadliest? He's, one, he's the most dangerous, which is not the same as the most powerful. Right. Yeah. right. But he's also I... the one who helped Langtree raise the ward, so he's mm -hmm. got to be... Strong. I mean, most yeah. powerful I mean, he's a gatekeeper. Helping with the wards <laughs> makes sense. So, right. you know, that way he might have been able to figure out Harry's wards and get in and out. Right. He knows the ways. He knows, I, this, I, he knows yeah, Maybe even these are some I, powerful. Honestly, I take it a different stance. So here, here's your good crazy theory right now. Gatekeeper doesn't find out through gatekeeper shenanigans. The gatekeeper finds out from time-traveling Harry. So Harry that comes back in time and gives him his own case file. Yeah, so you like, have to do this because you did this to me before. <laughs> right. I I couldn't even, yeah, I can't even think of a motivation for that. But now I'm just like, why not take it to 11? Harry goes back in time to tell Rashid, you can't tell me because of time travel shenanigans. But you uh, have to. Rashid's like, oh shit, that's how, you know, Molly's a thing, you know, because Rashid doesn't know any better at that time. Like it just goes on and on and on. Don't down think, I don't know. It seems like Okay, so Leah knew about Molly back in Grave Peril and says, because she wanted to trade Amarakis for the child. Right. Yeah, but that was just generic offer. Well, maybe. Maybe. It no, seems he, like said, he said as much. In a, okay, like but we know that she's a thing. They know that there's a connection between Dresden and Michael and therefore Molly. And Rashid probably wants to end all of the slaughter of the warlocks that haven't had a chance. Uriel wants to save Molly and the Carpenter's family, which has now been destroyed because of Molly's gift. And all of them working together is the only way I can figure out how this book happens. Maybe. Or it's just so much unanswered shit that's so hard to until like Jim says it. 
right. Baker puts in the book. You know what Rashid did? He used his eye and he saw the patterns of the wards and he was able to diffuse them and set them back up again. Right. Because why not? Speaking of protecting Molly. No, that, that's, that's the one reason we know it is not true. Speaking mm -hmm. of protecting Molly and protecting the carpenters, like, can you just imagine even just like a, but first of all, I, I, I agree with Dresden's leap of logic that there is no way that God or the angels overseeing and Michael would let his daughter get killed like that. I don't think that would, they, they, they like, and that, as we see, that doesn't happen. He gets put into a situation where he's like, I just saved a bunch of you. But can you just imagine when he's like talking with the Merlin and he's like, the Merlin, and he's like, you know, kind of could give do him a solid. He just saved a lot of us. We could at least save one of his. Like if the Merlin would be like, no, we're still going to kill her. I mean, you could imagine the scenario that Michael shows up and Molly's already been executed. I mean, that's how the Paladin falls from grace. Right. Yeah. Well, once he starts trying to kill wizards with the sword, yeah. I think it's a little. I think it's a little different than what he's done in something like the Warrior, where it's just a rogue agent trying to take down uh, Michael. Right. I think it. He might be somewhat more understanding when they say, "Well." Uh, yeah, I don't magic. think he'd be understanding you at guys, all. Because you guys aren't thinking about uh, Harry was already there, ready to throw down. Michael comes in, sees his daughter dead, and Harry is fighting off the other wizards. He's not going to ask fucking questions. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's so. not even going to fall from grace. He's going to act. Well, right okay. Time. That's oh, assuming yeah. that he gets there at that moment. I'm thinking if he doesn't come at the right time, he's just going to come when he gets there. I, I don't I don't see I don't see Michael as uh He is never, ever going to accept that they killed his daughter. Yeah. If he finds about it after the after the fact. He acted with There is no way that's the one thing that can probably get to Michael. Right. And Uriel already has a history of making sure Dresden is there to make sure Michael doesn't do the wrong thing. Michael's not perfect. <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't. It's all, this is this a different situation. It, he spends his whole time. It happened, you know. So. Spends a whole time. She's becoming a, if she becomes a wizard denarian, I think he, he'd be really broken up, but he, uh, I don't think he would fly into an immediate rage. There no. is a possibility that if Molly became a denarian, he would fall on Justin's side and says, let the world burn. She's my baby. Well, and not even not even that though, because he's already taken that stance with Dresden. Dresden is family to him, and but not his child. He, I understand, but his entire purpose of being a knight is to save the Denarians. So right. yes, he's going to be disappointed. And whatever you know, hell, he might decide to go kill Nicodemus and whatever for being even. But at the same time, like Michael's be like. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna figure this out. Like but she doesn't literally immediately become evil dark wizard because she picked up the coin. Well, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that's the equivalent of being a denarian is being a necromancer, right? And so he would he would make the connection. He already says to Harry that if uh, if I'll be there, I'll be there if you need me, and if you go evil, I'm gonna be there. And not and and that's much more in a threatening kind of way and just a dispassionate right. threat. So I, right, I he would he would he would probably he, he might put down the sword forever. That might be something he would do rather than fight his daughter. He would that, 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 would, I could see that in character, but I would not Molly see character him flying into a blind rage. If Molly went truly evil, Michael would still not kill her. 
Yeah, so I could see that, but I don't see him flying to a blind rage. Well, no, I think I think it's it's it seems like we're talking about two different things here. There's whether or not she turns evil actually and what he responds to, and then whether or not he walks in and there's her head on the floor because a bunch of wizards decided she was in dangerous. That moment, he would lose it. Like I think I so. I had a thought about the Merlin and how keen he was to, to behead her. Thinking about Peabody. Mm-hmm. And all of the things he might have been highlighting, like if he was highlighting the idea of that warlocks can never be saved, because that leads to them killing all of their new recruits, and therefore weakening the White Council. Right. That might actually be very. Uh, be and I, I mean, we see that we sure. see that in the next book, right? There's a lot of that where they're they're playing the long game on the White Council. Mm-hmm. Where they're going to take out anybody with talent because maybe those people with talent in two or three generations get together and have a couple more wizard kids, uh, you know, like stuff like that. So I, I definitely feel like the Black Council is playing the long game there. You know, in this case, I'd go as far as to say, you know, Nemesis, what those powers, the outsiders, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen some people talking about how much they dislike the Merlin because of how petty he is in that hearing, but that may not be fair to him. I, I honestly, I fall down on the other side because as much as I know he was being subtly influenced, there's got to be something there to build on. Yeah, absolutely. And just like the idea that of, I mean, it's there, the, the idea of being defensive was being highlighted for so long, but he was unable to see the benefit of leaving her alive. Up until Dresden says, well, you still get to kill her if it fails. Well, at that point, he's, it's not really even the benefit. It's just because, it's just, essentially, her dad saved their bacon. Yeah. yeah just, even know, if Michael's there and he's like, yeah, we're, gonna, still, we're still going to kill her. He's like, that's not going to happen unless you want to kill a knight and Dresden as well. That seems... Well, and by that point, Ebenezer's and Ebenezer. there. And, they, and so... Yeah. A lot of... the A lot like well, the uh, last year full illusion thing, like with Justin, it's like, once you do that, you can't go back from it. It seems like once you realize that Peabody has been manipulating the senior council, it's like, how much of it is their actual decisions and personality and how much of it is just being twisted? Well, and Injun Joe says that as much, or or maybe it was Ebenezer, but one of those two, you know, talk about it. It's like, they got to go through all their decisions for the last, yeah. you know, years and just understand. So, so uh-huh. several of the characters that we think we know might be changing for good reason. Peabody is there uh, back mm-hmm. in, uh, back when Ebenezer gets mm-hmm. on the senior council, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's he's, he's book four and eight as well as twelve. Yeah, I'm just thinking that. Oh, right, right, Eleven. It doesn't seem to me, but I don't. We don't know how, what how much Ebenezer is like doing or deciding. But <laughs> what I'm thinking is, it takes a long time to influence these really old wizards. And it seems like maybe Ebenezer was not influenced that much because he's not been on the council that long. Well, it's, it's also it's also about like subliminal images, right? There's a difference between let's all go smoke marijuana and worship Satan and let's go to the lobby and get ourselves a drink because you're thirsty. You know, like one of those is like a natural thing you're kind of already predisposed to. The other one is like a complete breach of character. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, Ebenezer's got to worry like what what was likely happening is Peabody was able to maneuver it that resources were going to be out of position 
or he was able to push to have operations greenlit that had higher casualty rates or were flat out ambushes, you know, something along those lines. Like, I don't think Peabody was like, oh yeah, well, if you just approve this, we'll change the locks on the front door and then the red court's just going to show up the next day or some nonsense like that, you know? So like, yes, there are many, many questions and, you know, he might've been pushing a harder line policy, but that was still going to be in the senior council anyway. The Merlin was a dickbag, whether or not he was being manipulated anyway. Right. But Peabody highlighted that, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, he was an asshole way back when, when he and McCoy were young. That history is always going to be between them. But some asshole traits being highlighted more than others, causing more damage to the White Council. Right. What do you think? This is probably more of an EG knowledge thing. Because, like, I think it's, this would be a word of Jim more than anything else is... Like, what does we know that they all have specialties, but I'm not thinking about what is their actual official roles on the council. They all seem to have different areas of responsibility. What so, do they do? What you mean, the senior council? Yeah, I. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know that that's good at. So, so it's like Ebenezer's obviously the black staff. Um, the Merlins, yeah, the Merlin. Don't, you don't need to be senior council to be the black staff, right? You don't. But I mean, well, I guess then. It, it depends because he took over for Simon and I since the way the senior council set up is it's set up based on your age I don't think you can have it necessarily like okay so this person dies so you're taking over that responsibility I mean what if they got someone who's got no combat experience and they make them the quote-unquote yeah, battle master they do what they're good at, but just like they have to sign papers they each have different areas of responsibility I, I kind of get get the feeling that Eber's kind of like I mean he's kind of like a general yeah, he's probably he's more of a strategy guy along with, with Martha Liberty, who's got her contacts. Right. Um, Ancient Mai's oh. the enchanter, uh, you know, Injun Joe's the healer, so on and so forth. Merlin is the communicator. You know, right, yeah. He's, he's the guy. He wards, so. I mean, so, yes, I'm sure it depends on their specialties and their, and all that other stuff. But um, but even beyond that, I, I think this whatever their specialties, I think there's definitely also just general... Uh, badassery that you'll find every member of the senior council have, right? Sort of like you you don't want, if you're just the regular schmo, you don't want to play basketball, even if you're playing against an athlete, a professional athlete who plays baseball. Because once you're an athlete, you have a general uh, a, a general hardiness uh, that will will translate to other fields as well. So I see I see that happening. I some so of the tried to play baseball that didn't go so well. Well, that's that's against other professionals of a different sport. I'm just saying, if you're a regular schmo, you don't want to go up against. Right? No, my guess is, in general, if you're being picked, because you're old anyway, so you've probably accumulated a, a diversity of skill, or at least strong enough that you think you can play in that game, or you're totally politicking and on the other team like Christos, right. and it doesn't matter. And and, and then you so that's a general skill level, and then you have your ultra-super special power, uh, and your blossom bottles or butters or buttercup or whatever, whatever. Anyway, so uh, I, I, I don't want I don't want it to be too exaggerated. The specialties of the uh, senior council as impressive as they are. No, that's why I don't. I think they're all pretty. Like they all have their specialties. I think some of them are probably more predisposed. You know, like when Ebenezer was leading the strike team to go after Morgan because everyone realized, okay, if we need someone to take down the guy who's as good at uh, evocation as anyone we've got, we need someone like Ebenezer. 
And I, I imagine that if them having apprentices just in general will also uh, improve their skill level, just like we find with uh, Harry learning veils after having to study up on them mm. uh, after teaching Molly, and that's her specialty. So, you know, they pick up a couple of subspecialties too. I also, I, I think a fair bit of what Ebenezer's role is on the senior council has to do with his personality as much as, you know, his office, because Ebenezer's just kind of the take it to your teeth, you know, it, the dirty job's got to get done anyway, which, you know, it may be chicken in the egg with the, with the whole black staff thing, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that it's like, we got to We got to go have a knife fight. Ebenezer's our guy. You know, we got to go brawl a little bit. Ebenezer's going to sign up. He has a magical brawl. They do even, I think Harry says that he has a, like has a reputation for being a magical, like kind of yes brawler. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we need someone to take up the black staff. Who are we going to pick? You know, the guys are predisposed to bloodline. They seem to have like, they have a lot of magic in that bloodline. Like Ebenezer, like they, I think they talk. I think in this book, it's like he walks in. There's basically like a mantle of power around him because he's just been using magic. Like it's like shining off him, metaphorically maybe, but like other wizards can feel it. Like the whole bloodline is like super strong, which may be an indication that they go back to actually Merlin. Merlin. <laughs> It, well, Harry is his own great 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 grandfather. It's he's time traveling. Harry, you know, so. Harry is the original, <laughs> but the whole, you know, and, and he's also the dude in the in the gem. So I just think, like for real though, Ebenezer is Harry's grandfather, and he has like this. This was my teacher. This was my teacher. But he doesn't say it was his father or his grandfather. But I think right. they might actually be family books that are being passed down, and they go back to the original Merlin. We, we know that it at least goes back that far to Ebenezer, but I mean, I'm kind of skeptical. To me, it just, it, it was like the same thing. You can, you can follow Anakin's lineage in Star Wars. Like they, if you follow his masters back, you know, you can follow them all the way back to Yoda. And, you know, there's something to be said about a lot of the Sith that came about in that era were taught by Yoda. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to be they were related or anything, but there's nothing for or against, I guess, you know, but so. You know that Yoda is a Sith in disguise. Absolutely. Jojo Binks. Jojo Binks. Yeah. It could be the, um, you know, the office of the Blackstaff, and those probably people predisposed to being very strong. We know Merlin's the guy who had it at least, I think, first. Well, I mean, um, he got it from Mother right. Winter, I would imagine, so. Yeah, so I mean, it, it makes sense that it's also that kind. Of, you know, my teacher to his teacher to his teacher. Well, we know the Blackstaff chooses their own successor, so it wouldn't be a stretch to make it that way either. Right. Yeah, that's see, he agrees with me. <laughs> so we got to talk about the important issues, though, uh, guys. <laughs> yes. I, have a, I have a dumb thought about Blackstaff and Mother Winter. Like, are they the same person? Because yes. that would be pretty dumb. No, but Merlin <laughs> was taught by Odin, okay. and the mother winner is Skull. She's one of the Norns in the Norse mythology. Okay. So Odin one. gives the black staff to Merlin as his staff, and that gets passed down <laughs> to Ebenezer. Oh, along I with did. the journals? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the, what's the word of Jim about that? Because I there's something about, like, she really wants to stick back, right? But there, yeah, it was stolen, and then there was one unconfirmed one. Look at Celtic lore from 1065, which is the year before Hastings, and supposed to tie into all that stuff. So Right. 
Yeah, so so she she limps because her staff was stolen and you know she wants it back. So I mean because well, it's part of her power, theoretically. Right. So yeah, she's right. weakened. Well Odin gave up some of his power so that he could be Vaterung and stay kicking around and not be as restricted as he was. Right. He lessened one of the power of the Norns in order to keep it more active with the wizards. Mm. No, I don't buy it though. Because because Why? Mother Winter isn't more active. Like Mother you know, Winter, Winter, Mother Winter is used by the, the White Council. Yeah, yeah. The Black Staff is doing its that's, function. But that's not how that's not how the magical implements have worked in any other way. So I mean, it could be, but but like talk about the Athame, right? You know, or any other magical artifact. Like they're, you know, sure they're great power. We haven't necessarily seen them, you know, directly used in a throwdown fight or whatever. But like. How, take that, yeah. The, I'm trying to think because because next I was going to invoke a completely different class of artifacts with the whole, you know, the articles of the crucifixion and everything like that. And it's just like, you know, I don't know that it's her power so much is infused in that staff, right? As like she just used it as an implement for those things and she channeled stuff through it. So yes, Harry would be weakened when he doesn't have his blasting rod. But it's not the same as like if he hands the blasting rod to Molly and Molly's got his power and can go do things on his behalf, right? Like it's a focus or something along those lines, you know. Like, for for someone like Scald to give an item or have an item taken away from I was her. Gonna say stolen. <laughs> regardless, it, it's no longer with her and it is with someone and it is active and it is allowing them to not feel the effects of black magic. Right. That's huge. Right. That it just seems like something that Vaterung would have done around the same time that he lessened his own power so he could stay active, and he's helping I, the wizards. I mean, I'd go as far to say that you know, um, you know, Vaterung, uh, Odin specifically told Merlin how to get it, but I don't necessarily think, I like, I don't think that she was in on it. So there is also the possibility that it was. I mean, because implements like these, and I, I don't necessarily um, uh, think that it isn't part of her, because I think if she lost her walking stick and it hurts her to travel now, then there is something to be said that it is part of her. It's not, you know, like, okay, we took this and now she's crippled. It's like, we took this and it is an aspect of her. But either way, um, you could have... It could have been bargained away in a, in a more open-ended way than it needed to be, and that's why she still views it as stolen, even though it was technically bargained in good faith. It could also be similar to Hades' vault, is that if you are able to take it. Right, that was the other thing, that mortals are kind of the ones that have to do, like the Athame was given by still mortals. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, even though the Red Court and the Black Court were in on it, it was still Cowl and Kumori giving out this stuff. Is the Black Staff a mental? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So Small anyway, I feel like there's Anyways. a lot of there's a lot of unanswered questions in this book that like and far-reaching implications. But should yeah. we go over the story quick, like and some of the moments we like before, and stuff? Before we we get to that, there was something brought up in the chat just a while back about uh, what was happening at Arctis Tour. Since we did start talking about that, kind of got into this side story. What if the Black Council? was trying to free Leia 
This is an that's, idea. That's one know. of my theories, but why didn't the director, the director said as much, right? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, in the chat. But, but, but to why? Well, being if they could disable Mab or keep Leah active and infecting things or doing whatever hell they wanted, that's clearly a piece that they want on the board still. What 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 was my theory was that you know Leia's captured, or like comes to map like I got Nemesis in me help me and like or, or and Map is like okay and puts her in the wellspring, and then they get like a beacon the the Nemesis like oh one of our things are captured, mm -hmm. but why didn't they like everything was like they demolished the defense that gotten in why yeah. didn't they so I figured I figured they couldn't I figured they couldn't uh, figure out the way up or they could uh, handle. Well, they, they, they were pushed back. I don't know. I I, I see there's. I mean, of... they didn't just storm Mark this tour without a plan. They knew probably well, things and stuff. We we have we have something we could potentially draw on to answer some of those questions in Skin Game, right? Like Skin Game was another similar type of like same kind of power level. We gotta we gotta have a team of badasses with various skills. You know, Nicodemus wasn't pulling that shit off by himself. You know, he had to have Harry, he had to have his specialists and whatever. And when he split the team, he wound up on the on the losing side, you know. So with with the Nemesis people, maybe they just thought they could pull this shit off and they couldn't. But you know, I I think weren't we could even draw from Deadbeat, right? Basically talking about how doing the Dark Hallow would have made one of them a little godling and they would have been able to you know, put some pressure on Mab. Maybe they went forward with their plan, even though the Dark Hallow didn't happen. And they decided to see if they could try their luck anyway. Um, but basically, I mean, Mab is immensely powerful. I, you know, don't we have a word of Jim that says, like, if the entire White Council knew her name and was involved, like all of them, maybe they had a chance. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, I don't think a strike team of a couple of Denarians and you know, a couple of senior council, like defunct senior council people are going to bring down Mab, you know, like that, that would have been an attack of opportunity. It would have been a surprise. And they probably were really banking on the Dark Hallow having gone off and it didn't, you know. Or, and this is where I tend to think it goes anyway, this was sort of a, um, call it a test to see whether or not Maeve's uh, infection has either taken place or was still rooted. So she's the one, you know, we know she's involved in this book. And if Mav is, you know, kind of busy, Maeve's the one who's got to be around for the defense of, you know, Arctis tour, right? So they come in, maybe they see this as a, a battle of opportunity because Mav's down at night and she's down a handmaiden. So maybe they're making a push at the gates and at Arctis tour. So the gates are more important. She's got to go do that. Maeve has to handle the defenses. This is where Mab figures out that Maeve is uh, infected because of how badly it goes, quote unquote. You know, they kick in the front door. Um, but she also maybe uses it as a feint and uh, just to gather information because there was, you know, there's a partial word of Jim that I just posted to you guys, but, you know, it's saying, you know, who who says that Mab lost the Battle of Arctis tour and it goes on to indicate about how she was still in her fortress and how she could have had the winter troops back at any time as we saw them come back pretty much immediately. 
So if it's all one big gambit, essentially to either get Harry there for information, you know, because then we find because this is essentially the first step we see, other than Aurora to Nemesis, right? You know, we see Maeve is lying. We see Lee has been taken. This, that, and the other thing. So, so to take it a little further than like with the who who was actually there, we know I think it was Thorn and Namshiel was the Denarian, right? Um, yeah, well, that's what Nicodemus you know. seems to suppose. So, yes, because so of there are there are those, but I mean, why do you think that Maeve revealed herself there? Because like, when do we find out that Mab knows? That it that Maeve like when does uh, she stop small talking? Favor. It, so we do have to wait till small favor. Like we don't see her again in we don't, White no. Knight. We from don't see her in not. the next book. We don't uh, see her do, from Deadbeat. This one, she's only there to wink, and and, right. and then we don't see her again till I've, small favor. I, mean, talking I think through. it's likely that either this is where Maeve gets infected or is already infected, and Map finds out. I think well, it's yeah, weird that she's right. like wait, that she's like winking to Harry if she's found out that Maeve is infected. Maybe she should just be like. She could well, find she out that Maeve's infected from all sorts of things. Of like noticing that Maeve lied if she was clumsy. Uh, Leah could tell her once she's cured. Uh, Rashid could notice it if he was looking right. for it. All sorts of things. But, well, yeah, I always kind of pictured this was that Leah is infected with a nemesis bug, and it gets driven out of her, but it escapes and goes into Maeve. Well, that's the way Dresden kind of presented it in Cold Days to fix. When he was saying, like, there's, what if it's something got in the water and it got into Maeve? But Maeve is already infected by the time that Leah is still not cured. Right, because right, Mab says as much at the end right. of the book that Leah is the one who directly spread it to her through the athame. And Leah is clearly still infected because she <laughs> switches on Harry while they're talking. So I mean, if it was a singular type of thing and if it couldn't populate again like a virus... It might be a walker who can populate multiple people, but it seems like it's limited and it's important because I think it does make sense that the Mudley theory that they attacked Arctis Tor because one of their agents was captured. I uh, I just I don't really see that though. Like, no, but but that, like except for the part where they just didn't do anything, like like they had well, free reign of the place. That felt like because they got how, driven back. Yeah, no, like follow follow this chain, right? So how did they get to Leah? Did they mug her in the back alley and they punched the crap out of her and then put a bug in her ear? No, that's the anthem. Yes, yeah, they snuck it in on her, right? So yeah. in order to to get their agent out that they had to get in there by through Sutterfuge in the first place, they launched a raid, through put all of their heavy hitters on the table because it's freaking Arctis Tor. And put it I in as an all or nothing to try and get her out. I can't. I can't. I don't disagree with you. I just don't see what else makes sense as from what we know at the moment. Once Leah is in an icicle at the wellspring of winter, they may not be able to do anything subtle. Be infecting right. someone subtly. Yeah. But what were they worried about? But maybe like, they only. Maybe so they can only infect five or six back. people. What I if just, that's. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have like let's say they can infect five people. Then that's a very valuable resource that's locked in. The well, it's people. more it's more about placement. I mean, there's only one of Leia. I mean, she's the only one. Uh, her and uh, uh, Maeve are the are the big ones. They're, they're, that's their that's their whole plan is to uh, weaken Winter. Right. That, but they already have right. Like if right. they, you know, it's it's like battlefield tactics, right? If Leah is lamed and can't help. That's just as helpful as if she had switched sides as far as Mab not having that support, you know? 
It's, so, but, it's, but to throw to throw the entire weight of the Black Council in there just to get Leah, I think they were after something that we they probably got away with, and we still don't understand. Like, I don't think they were trying to rescue her. Like, that's, that's just, probably true. It's just hard to theorize yeah. about. Like, then we just say they were after something we don't know, and then that was that. Oh, it might have been. It might have been. They knew that Leah was there, but they didn't know that she was uh, captured. That she was. Uh, she was not. It could have been seen as an art target of opportunity if they didn't know that she was in prison or something. I mean, it Not could have been a, a gigantic ploy to weaken the White Council because as the Battle of Arcus Tor is yeah. going on, the Battle of Oregon is going on. Right, right. right. So just like what happened in uh, Deadbeat, yes. it's like the Dark Hollow in Sicily, and now it's Oregon and Arcus Tor. Right. Yeah, that would definitely make sense. And that's why I think they probably did something at the gates, too. I mean, Rashid mentions, you know, it could go years without it being, or every once in a while it picks up. And... But you know, there's also just the possibility that they overestimated their hand. I mean, Maeve right. does the same thing at the end of cold days, and it fucks mm -hmm. them over. And that and that, that's part of my thing too, because like you know, even Leah is like obviously Mab is more powerful than Leah. She got you know, Mab was able to put her in the ice in the first place. So you know, it it could be that they yeah they thought they had more power than they did, and and so I, I would expect one that years or so one year. Hmm? How long is it she's been in the World Spring by this point? Like, Mab shows at least a year. I mean, she was in there in Deadbeat, right? And we don't know when she was put in because we don't see her from summer night through till this. Is so. it that? Is it that long? Yeah, she's not in Death Masks. I don't think she's not in Blood Rights. She's not in Deadbeat. And when he calls right. for her, Map comes in Deadbeat. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, by that point, she could have been in there for three years at a minimum, potentially. Right. And all those years, Mab isn't doing much visibly. She wasn't able to help the council ever. She wasn't being active on the scene. Right. Well, and then well, I mean, she was offering. we could get into other time shenanigans because she can, Mab can make time whatever the hell she wants at Fairy. So, you know, it was three years of mortal time, but who knows? I can imagine that she wants more time in Arctis Tor to make sure that she can work it with Leah more. Right. Yeah, well, that's what I think that's what he's saying, is she could essentially make it her own hyperbolic time chamber where it's a couple of years out there, but it's like, you know, 2,000 years in there. That once Leah asked for help, Mab probably was tied up on that because Leah is second in command. It right, so at a minimum, out. she's got to do both the gates and the ruling by herself. Yeah. She can't rely on Maeve now, as we later find yeah. out. Well, she, yeah, and, and she was incompetent anyway. Years, so... Right. And so she doesn't have a knight. She has no replacement, even to like as her human uh, errand boy. So she's kind of, you know, she's it for up until, I mean, up pretty much up until <laughs> changes. Oh, yeah. But even really up. What do you. Yeah, really up until cold days. That was really yeah. swell. Yeah. That was good. But yeah, so Mab's pretty much been holding the fort down by herself from, you know, say a safe bet as death masks on. Right. And Titania's not even doing much because she's in grief still. Very slow. Yeah, no, but yeah, that's, Titania's I'm, I'm also for that only... Fallout. Everything happens in Beastox. No, there's going to be no fallout anymore. Everything happens in Beastox. 
no, she's she's gonna be fine. She's got her niece there. Her niece is gonna heal her spiritually, and she's gonna be there right at the end to help kick ass. So, so, and everyone hugs I, and holds hands, and everyone has a great day. I would like to point. I didn't you say everyone's to gonna have a great day. I just said she's gonna be back to normal. And all the funerals, fairy the funerals. tale with the evil stepmother. Like, mm -hmm. come on, guys. You know, yeah, well, we already <laughs> saw and see oh, her sister's face, and like I'm gonna punish you just because you came out of her. She right. already got oh, yeah. uh, she already got name dropped in in the Christmas story. So she's either working with Molly, which I always thought she was gonna be, because I always thought the ladies were kind of mm -hmm. predisposed to working with each other, even though the last one was probably knows what she needs to do, and now that she has the duty, she can do it. But I don't expect the relationship with Titania to be good. You guys are just too pessimistic. I expect of both fairy queens to die and everyone to us, both of the current fairy ladies to become queens. And then Harry's going to get the mantles and. No, 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 no. And Maggie, can't be. Maggie's going to become parts. the new. Oh, Jesus. Get out Maggie's of here. Maggie's going to become the new fairy. Uh, Roll credits, director. We're done. This show's jumped the shark. <laughs> no, she's a creepy, creepy kid who, who hates normal things and can't That's stand them. But is that all with the weirdos? All these Perfect. major implications and and theories and story and all this thing that gets that set up we haven't I haven't we haven't actually talked much about what actually happens yeah. in the book. Yeah, we've well, spent for an part hour two. talking about like two conspiracies. If you would like to go longer to talk about the actual to be able to we're gonna split this two. up into two episodes. Two weeks. So that way your tomorrow. prediction of we'll reach the peace talk by the time this is done will come true. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. We're gonna go with this the route of just splitting multiple books into. Multiple oh no, books. I wasn't actually serious. But. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, this is one of the best books, in my opinion. Oh, no, that just means we can keep going. I don't care. This one's one of the best books because I feel like to to date, it's had the most movie references. So <laughs> oh, no. Harry Harry has the greatest one liners and and shit like that. I mean, come on, get For away from yeah. you, bitch, and you know. I, it was funny too. I added it to the list. It might be a stretch, but the whole like charity, we're leaving, you know, just like aliens, man. That movie's fantastic. So, pardon aliens. It's such a, such a simple line. I don't remember. Well, it's Marines were leaving in in uh, aliens, you know. So mm. I think uh, Hudson says it. But any anyway, like what we what we really needed was a line like you know, see this is me and my team of ultimate badasses. We're here to protect you, you know. So and then Harry at least gets the it's the only way to be sure. So which is the quintessential, well, you know. At the, what you needed, what you needed at the climax, him telling Molly, "Come with me if you want to live." Right. See, that's all you need. That's all you need. That's not. You need to see more movies, bro. Like, have you what? seen Aliens? <laughs> I have seen Aliens. Okay. Terminator is the same. That's a that, no. I I mean that's a great line and I love it, but you can't tell me that Terminator, you know, that one line is up. A, above like half of what is said in aliens. Come on. Like it's somebody like, wake up Hicks. Come on. That's a better line. Yeah, no, <laughs> you could have used that. Thomas, Thomas probably just fell asleep or something. Just wake him up. Right. Oh my God. So, now I'm mad. So yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for watching the Arcus tour episode of the Dresden files podcast. Oh, I guess Ben has decided we're done. Oh, okay. I, I don't care. Not only he's do we have five minutes left at a minimum. <laughs> he's well, just decided not we're done. Yeah, it, was not, it was a riffing on the same content that we are all talking the, about. The, the creature from Deep Fairy slipped on the ice, guys. Even if it was mortal ice, I'm not buying it. Yeah, Come that's on. fucking weird. <laughs> maybe, but it's in the mortal world. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, maybe not the same. It's the amazo problem, you know. Unless you have a mantle, right? No, no. 
What it is, it's the Amazo problem. He sucks up the powers, but he also sucks up the weaknesses. Just like Amazo in the DC Universe, the android robot who steals and copies superpowers. Yeah, I no. I, Breaking my I heart, director. How, I don't know how I don't know. Corazon. But yeah. But, well, I mean, there's also the idea that, I mean, they talk about how like fairies can just conjure up fake food and stuff like that. So the ice in Arctis Tor, which, I mean, that it's the giant ice. Is it an ice door that Charity bangs down with an iron hammer? I mean, right. I've always which I mean, if it was if it was like quote unquote the wall from Game of Thrones, that thing wouldn't have just tumbled because it was iron because it's ice. It's real ice. That's another thing I completely forgot to mention. Let's talk about like with the whole who wanted Harry there and who pulled him in. What is that almost alien or like? But there's some intelligence in Archistor who's like, I don't want you here. That's probably Wait. just the idea of you have like summer fire, go away, or just in general, Arctis Tor doesn't like visitors. Right. Yeah, I don't know that that was a specific. It it was Sauron, obviously. It was the spirit inhabiting the tower. So. Mm -hmm. So are we going to do a part two? Because we basically didn't talk about the like, except for the big <laughs> thing, all the, the like all the things that happens in the book. We do part two, or we record for another half an hour. I'm up. I'm up for another half an hour. I guess that's fine. I got nowhere to be. I mean, Ben, you feel free to leave. Yeah, you're out okay. of here. Apparently, I'm, I'm coming with you, Ben. Let's go. <laughs> uh, we'll start our own podcast with Black yeah. and Okay. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a great podcast. Anyway, it would, but none of us have any money, so really, yeah, yeah you need a budget and like. Actually, no, we do have money. No moral conscience. We just need to get it. $1,200 and we'll create a Blackjack and Hookers podcast. Yes, it'll be a tier on Patreon. There you go. Get oh, with no. You and Jacob need to set that up now. Support the gambling and alcohol podcast. <laughs> All the bad things. So wow. let's start from the. So we're gonna go have another half an hour. Let's let's start from the start of like the book. In the beginning, there was a meeting with the White Council, and they murdered a kid. Yep. So who deserved it? No matter what Harry says. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he, that that seemed pretty cut and dry that that kid was gone. the The thing that I found weird about the whole thing was that there were so many wardens there. But then I guess I was thinking like, you know, they had what at least two of the senior council members there. So just see them as. Uh, well, Harry also, but Harry surmises that the Merlin did that specifically to make a statement on to him. So a show of force probably seems like the thing that he would think is a good idea. Yeah, that's fair. So they killed the guy. It's great because this is a warehouse that we'll get to see come back in cold days. And their cloaks don't stain. So mm -hmm. handy for dry cleaning. It's right. the same stain. That's like the opening line of the book, right? Which I think is actually a pretty good opening line. Yeah, blood doesn't stain a, a warden's cloak. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Ebenezer talks to him about stuff um, and like relationship gooey things and war. Yeah. Harry's still pushing away because he died to him, and that's bad. <laughs> I swear to God, he's such a melodramatic idiot. I, I always thought that was one of the worst things to be upset about. Is like. Well, he lied to me because he always said that you should be good and use your magic for right things. Like, yeah, he yeah, does that because you should. He has to do the bad things because you don't have a magical tool that stops you. Uh, or it's like if you're gonna do I, it, I, you have to I, do I, it. I, I mean, I think he he takes the whole. I'm glad they finally like mend their fences by the end of the book. But 
I understand that he basically built his whole life philosophy around what Ibanisa taught him, and the fact that Ibanisa himself is not doing that, like living up to that. Man, that's the epitome of a parent. Do as I say, not as it, I do. No, I mean, come on. It's, yeah, I, that, that's one of the hackneyed bits. I just don't buy it. He, he did live it. He did live it in front of him all the time. It's just that every so often. He didn't. Yeah. And it's not like, and it's not like at this point, Harry is no experience with, well, maybe I've done a bad thing or seven. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for the really circumstance, and that makes it okay. Yeah. Nobody's allowed to lie to me. <laughs> yeah. Despite this being one of my favorite, my, one of my three favorites, this has definitely got some weaknesses because it continues some of those subplots. It's some things that don't quite make sense. Uh, we just spent an hour talking about one plot element that has not yet been explained or resolved. It's just a thing that happens. But it's got wizard politics, it's got fairies, and it's got... He's uh, trying to end the show again. Yes. No! <laughs> what? It's got loads you? of movie references. So to sum up... <laughs> no! No, I was... Right. To create... So the meeting happens, they I talk. promise. Dresden almost gets run off the road. Great Hi, scene with the seatbelt. <laughs> Make the imaginary friend put on a seatbelt. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, and then we get to see Little Chicago. Right. Halloween outfit. Wink, wink. That was a good lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even Murphy says so. If I didn't know you that well, I wouldn't have spotted your lie. Right. Murphy's very upset about murders happening in Chicago, and the White Council is just Always. going. And yet, every, every other person. doesn't really do anything about it. Nope. So, She's yeah. just there to be outraged, just like Harry's there to be angsty. Right. But in the future, she doesn't get to be outraged anymore. So, you know. Well, not because she talks about killing people, <laughs> just like kids. Oh, uh, what's next? Uh, there's things going on with Thomas being set up for the next book. Or Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you have the whole little Chicago thing, which is like, let's spend six hours, you know, getting ready and cleansing ourselves and then forget to unplug the phone, which just for kicks and giggles, I put in the, the little worm where it's like, what if he didn't forget to unplug the phone? What if time traveling Harry was a jackhole and went back to plug in the phone because that was a low level way to stop the ritual? And keep him alive the first time, you know. I always thought so. that weird little timing of it was exactly the right time to call him and disrupt everything, make sure he didn't blow his head off before someone was able to fix Little Chicago. Right. I always blame that on Uriel because okay. it's too conspicuous. Sure, that does seem like a white god action uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, instead of like a, a light off in the distance that Michael gets to see to go do a thing. Harry gets a ringing telephone in his ear. Do you think Uriel always gets these things done last second because he has to like ask for permission every time? It's like filling <laughs> out the form, and he's like, and then God has to be like, yeah, please stand up approval. And then last second, Uriel has to be like, phone ring. Well, because heaven, heaven still uses dial-up, so he's not, you know. Yeah, like there's a, like there's a low-level functionary saying, "I'm sorry, I need this a triplicate." Uh, you had, yeah, there's a there's you an. Know, you do not have the latest revision of form. The golden form. You did the signature in blue and that signature in black, and that's unacceptable. So you have to change multiple pink. Yep. It's Peabody L. I was going to say this isn't going to work for me that Peabody went to heaven and he's the paperwork guy. So no, I didn't say. Well, he, I'm just saying there's a Peabody angel, angel. essentially. 
I mean, yeah. it's better than the other paperwork to be like, uh, this is this is blood, but are you sure it's the blood of a virgin? Yeah. You know what? It's probably Metatron. Okay, so now that you guys have gone off the rails, one of one of the components of the ritual that I thought was interesting was the fact that Harry includes a picture of the carpenters, you know, when he needs something for family. And I thought that was a nice, cute little touch. Definitely mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so it was very sad. I mean, he could have used something for Thomas. But no way, I, he had Do to highlight the carpenters a little bit more, I think. I think, I mean, Thomas, this? Thomas is Harry's family. But when Harry thinks of family, he thinks of the carpenter family. Right. And and the carpenters are closer to the plot of the this book. Anyway. Yeah, and that's the the bigger yeah. motivator is that you had to highlight the carpenters early on in the book. Yeah, that's the writer motivation. But While I have to wearing be a white robe for purity. For purity. He's doing a ritual to find black magic, which he's, he gets told about. Molly rings out of the blue. Yo, I'm in jail. But not well, really. Yeah, but right. not really. It's my boyfriend. Okay. It's not my boyfriend. And Mouse growls. Mm. Right. Because he feels the black magic she's done, I guess. Mm. I'm a little too excited about that, I gotta say. Yeah. I thought it was a nice yeah. detail. He it was great foreshadowing. He doesn't consistently growl at Molly. You know, no, just later on. He's just like a man. warlock. Yeah. yeah so. And Harry's like, are you, uh, you know... Going bipolar on me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wonder, I always blame it as like certain amount of like, it's no longer staining her as much or it's what she's focused on at the time. Like when she's in the hospital with Rosie, then she's trying to care for her. Molly or Mouse gets to the uh, love action there and likes it. But so I wonder now if at jail, she was just mad at Nelson. I so think yeah, I she just kind of stained a little by black magic so mouse has a natural disposition of hey hey who are you what's going on here and then harry's like she's all right and then he sees he's also like he gets past the black magic because that's the way he senses really quick he's like oh she's actually a pretty good person it's like if maybe. i don't know how the food dogs works exactly but maybe like he can actually kind of sense their aura or something so first it's like a little bit of black magic and it's like oh there's actually a lot of nice back here after Harry's situation. Because it's only when he first meets her, right? After that, there's no... Right, after that, she's copacetic. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. copacetic. Plus, it's also, we see later on when she gets riled up, the amount of power she can stir. So she's frustrated or angry at Nelson. That also could be the yeah. vibe. Because later on, she's not, you know, she's worried, but she's not, like, you know, panicking and shooting off magic everywhere in the ICU. Right. Uh, so he goes to help. Security, thy name is Teenager. Right. She, I love that she's line. She's very careful. She's even wearing gloves to not, to like, make sure that she, he, he can't tell that she has uh, magic. Like, she, she, she apparently knows enough about magic and the rules for that. Mm -hmm. Well, at that point, she may have also even touched one or two people in the community. Because you know, she went to the local it, shops and all that. A thing I noticed in this book, even and it, this is a subtle thing, it's not mentioned. You can tell Harry's got a steady income, even if he's spending most of it on uh, on Little Chicago, because he's like taking a cab around. Yeah, at savings field. Right. Crazy guy. Well, yeah. I think he doesn't he say because about the warden's pay, even though it hadn't been uh, updated in you know like fifty years, it was still a steady paycheck now. Right. He says that the. They have. They don't. 
they haven't reviewed it since the 50s or something, but they still take into account stuff like inflation or something like that. Yeah, their next pay review was not due up for like another 20 years. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, he gets Nelson out of jail. Um, they almost fight with the kid right in the lobby. Somebody's following him. Spoilers, it's Thomas, you know. Um, so that that one was one that I hadn't. I wasn't always sure if it was Thomas time. because the way that Mouse growled at the car. It's like, if it was Thomas, Mouse wouldn't have done that. Mm. And Mouse of all beings should be able to identify Thomas. Does he growl at the car? Yeah, he was growled because he was worried that someone was watching them. I don't know. How far away were they at that point? Because was he like, growling at the car or was he growling at Harry's recognition and sense that maybe this is bad? Mouse growled. Harry said, I see him. And Mouse okay. calmed down. I don't remember the start of the book three weeks ago. This was the start of the book. <laughs> That's why we take notes. But regardless, I've always assumed that that was uh, the same person who hit him with the car because I just right Mouse should have recognized Thomas. Well, yeah, that's wow. possible. I mean, he had a shadow, and at that point, he already hit him with the quote-unquote battleship Chrysler, so that probably had some damage. You can't drive mm -hmm. that around. And I mean, Harry didn't recognize him, so you know, I'm not going to put it on Mouse that Mouse should have known. Even the though Mouse is will be the one who's like trying to stop him from interacting with the fetches and. The guy who messed with the who knows like there's a lot of stuff going on here that are like either one person or several different factions. Yeah, I, I mean, I always thought, but at least I go back and forth wondering sometimes if the guy who hit him wasn't uh, Glau, you know, the, right. the the lawyer from Magical, but why who saw Glau an opportunity. I don't. Well, I mean, they later on Harry surmises that Glau was kind of in on stuff and he was maybe helping to set up Magical as a fall guy and. He had certain plans to be silenced for, so if he sees Harry Dresden now as an attack of opportunity, maybe he doesn't want him involved in what's going on. Okay. It's not, you know. But that depends if Glaud travels with Mantricle or not, because Mantricle doesn't arrive until later. Right. Which, speaking of... They I mean, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he if he wasn't the kind of person that Madrigal, quote unquote, sent ahead to make sure everything was just the way he wants it to be. Mm. Um, he certainly seems like the type, anyway. Yeah. What a Darby. Darby. Darby anyway, a reference, right? Yeah. I'm not sure to what. Look it up. Well, right now. <laughs> So after all this, Harry gets to the convention center and he becomes mm -hmm. an innocent bystander, which is hilarious. Uh, he he runs into Rollins, an authority figure, right? <laughs> and I I just love their interchange. Like I think that's why I like Rollins so much is because he's got the same kind of sarcasm that Harry does. And so it'd be like you know, well I haven't gone in yet, and he's like, yeah, you can tell because I haven't bounced you around the room. <laughs> you know? So. I think that they actually said that in Deadbeat, but uh, oh like, right, yeah, it was right. like you can tell by how I haven't arrested you yet, you know, or whatever. So yeah, and that was when he was looking at uh, the the museum in Deadbeat, I think. But what yeah. he said in this one that I really liked, it's like I'd stop bouncing off the floor as soon as I assure you're not resisting arrest. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 
He's very. He has a very dry, dry wit, wit right? Like he's right. Sure. Well, but he's also oh, one. I'm an authority figure. Like actually, reason with Harry, right? Where he's like, Harry's like, no, dude, I really need to go see this thing. And he's like, I can't let you. And he's like, why? And they have that discussion. Yeah, like he was the only dude in there. Like I had to arrest him because nobody else was in there, but I don't think the kid did it. And if you go in there, you could screw it up for him, you know? So it was an interesting way where it's like, I'm look, I'm not trying to get in the way. I'm trying to let the process happen, you know, right. because the process right. has to happen. So Harry has a good car. I mean, can, can I just, can just look into the word? Like how, what can that hurt? Right? And he actually gets to. Right. I yeah. did like the thing about the, Smoke is the building on fire? No, I know right. buildings. Right. Nope. Yeah. I had to include that one. That was one of my 53 lines that I put in, right? Is that from a movie? No, it was wow. just it's a hairy moment. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know burning buildings. Yeah, right. Right. The the next one is the one from the uh from the movie, which is I didn't hit it that hard, must have had some kind of self-destruct. So <laughs> When he's talking to Murphy, but I I also noted that like so they're they're dealing with Reaper in the room, right? So let's back up even further. So like the lights go out, Rollins and Harry go. Um, the lights are all you know dimmed. There's some kind of like Merc or something again that's or just kind of taking everything out. But um, Harry has to cut through a ward, which had to be raised by somebody. So. Again, the fetches and whatever else aren't just chilling out. Like there is another practitioner at work here somewhere for some reason beyond what we've seen. And then um, they they get into the the movie room and everything like that. And uh, Rollins shoots Reaper in the face and he still survives it. So I wanted to say it was like binders, uh, minions and a few other that like show up from the never, never whenever you, you know, chop off their head or do some other damage, like it destabilizes their, you know, their ectoplasmic mesh or whatever you want to call it. And they usually blink out at that point, but these guys didn't, you know, yeah. these fetches. So, uh, you know, like Harry ended up having to throw them through the screen and, you know, into a wall. So, and then, I yeah. That's, that's explained later by the end of the book that he had, he can, he can only kill the fetches, or anyone can only kill the fetches if they're not scared. Otherwise, they like feed on the fear and and just they don't die. I got you. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's something that he says anyway. Uh, he does say something. Well, he like, says it when he's fighting the xenomorph, I think. You know, and no, he realized and he's fighting the that every time he killed the other fetches, he was to something to be afraid. He was too angry or too right. busy or he had just sent out all his fear. Right. So and you're saying that Rollins was scared so it didn't hurt the fetch. I mean, I would have been scared. Right. <laughs> just going back real quick, he when you're talking about though, he feels the spell work, he says it's he found it vaguely familiar, but he yeah. couldn't remember where. For the war? I think what you're talking about uh, the yeah, the part where the temperature dropped in the room, 40 degrees, right? So fire is the smoke. I know burning buildings. There's uh, some sort of magic working against him, which we call the ward. Right, because I... Was it called the ward? Yeah, he, he said... Um, 
board. It's dark magic, a kind of board, trying to keep me from moving ahead. Right, okay, yeah. It seems kind of familiar, and there's someone in that room who, like, ducks out when Harry comes in. Yeah, so that's what he's talking about, because it's just a few uh, lines before. You know, I struggled to ignore the sounds of frightened people in the dark and focused on my magical senses. I reached out to the cold and the gloom and found it a very uh, vaguely familiar kind of spell working, though I couldn't remember precisely where I'd encountered before. And he talks to Rollins, and then a couple of lines later, he's talking about the dark magic, a kind of ward trying to keep me from moving ahead. Interesting. Can you read the part about the person ducking out? Because I feel like he says something about it being familiar as well, like or something like that, And but he's busy. It's like a person fever. Like when he gets when they get basically get there, he's like someone like ducks out. Hmm. Yeah, so add that to the list of un unsolved mysteries. Which I assume was the person doing the ward, at least. No, I think it's right. an actual like civilian. Because it, it's kind of just briefly talked about a Rollins nudged them towards the walls, barked at them in a tone of pure paternal authority to stay near them, to carefully move to, for the exits. No, but there's... I swear there's... Like, he sees someone leave in the corner of his eye that is mentioned in the book, like, there. But I don't... I don't have a... I only have an audio book. There's another girl um, before they're talking about... Hey, that, uh, like, she was crying, and so her makeup was smearing, and she was leaving. Yeah, I remember that too, but that's not the, what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm out of ideas then. <laughs> Try going to at the start of when they enter the room with the Reaper, uh, if you can, uh, uh, Ichi. Isn't there like yeah. somewhere around there? I'm reading the chapter through. Because this is good podcasting, but... <laughs> right, yeah, right. Let's see, Roland's advanced, gun's still out. He's not here, did you see him go that way? I didn't have enough left in me to speak at that moment. I shook my head. He's gone. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it. I'll figure it out. I'll go re-listen to that part and see if it's there. And I'll write it down. But then they go, they go there to get through the ward. He sends the reaper through the room and he dissolves. Right. People have been hurt. Uh, one will never recover, probably, does her sanity, other than the people who's just straight up like dead. Right. So that's yeah, more. This, I think uh, I think he's talking about the Reaper, though, actually, because he exploded into. That's who Rollins is talking about. Because he because Harry shoots him back, and then obviously he turns to Ecto, or at least it says um, uh, covered in I don't know some kind of slime. So right. that could have just been the, the fetch that he's talking about. Whatever it is. But I mean, it talks about the cold and the dropping temperature and all that. So, it, you know, either it's just dark magic or it's, I mean, fetches are involved. So it's like, wintry. It seems a lot like the murk that happened in Small Favor. Um, the Hobbs are winter fey, probably being mercenaried out or whatever, but it could be familiar because it's a winter spell. Right. I just don't remember. Did they spell it differently in small favor? Did they spell it with a Y? I didn't think so. 
Okay. Spell what with a Y? Which chapter is it? Uh, 11 and 12. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's always possible if this, if Maeve is around, she could have been the one. I say it's Kamori. Why? Because she's got cold necromantic powers. And and she's one of the ones that's like, you're vaguely familiar to me, and then, you know. so. And it's obscuring things. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cal was clearly busy in Arctis Tor, so <laughs> Kumori was out here doing the other stuff. You're laughing, but I'm serious. Yeah, I kind of like it. I want I mean, to but it, he's the only black council member we've seen for sure. So, you know, we, we know one of the Denarians at least is in on the scoop. And I think part of Thorn and Namshiel was Nicodemus seemed to think so. And Thorn and Namshiel was the guy who taught everybody else magic for the most part. Well, so. he taught Tessa magic. They okay. do spell it differently. Just oh, they do. Okay. It's been a long time since I actually put eyeballs on a book. Because, I mean, it's... Because this way, at least it seems, he's describing it in the traditional way you would describe something that's murky, as opposed to in small favor, where it's an actual physical matter from the never-never. That we know later, you know, he dispels it because he sets off the sprinklers or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. I mean, obviously, winter creatures are involved in both scenes so it could just simply be fleshed out what it was more in the later book yeah and and that makes sense with the winter being well mab is queen of air and darkness winter's darkness Ooh, i think it's familiar because it's winter and right yeah and i mean like he says later that, when he realizes fetches right he says it feels like it dropped 40 degrees in the convention center so it's it makes sense that it's potentially fetch done right even just by their presence i mean they're servitors of quote-unquote deepest darkest winter so even if they were just in the area and it did all that by dint of them being there i wouldn't you know brush that aside that seems just as plausible well my my only thing to add to that would be you know if it's something from the fetches why doesn't he have to contend with it in the other attacks so mm -hmm. you know especially with scarecrow being like you know king daddy fetch then he definitely had something like that going on if if it's a byproduct of the fetches. Right, so it happened again with the Xenomorph, and then it didn't seem to happen when they attacked at the Full Moon Garage. And they didn't describe it happening at the Carpenter's house. Or the or the um, movie theater. You know, so well, the just... The itself was dark, but yeah, it didn't have the uh, supernatural dark. Or the cold. Temperature dropping, yeah. Yeah, so... Maybe, I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't thematic enough. I forget. Was was Molly around for both convention? Molly was around for both convention center attacks, right? I believe so. Or at least, I mean, she's one of the kind of like main staff people, right? So Right. She is kind of like the beacon of what's drawing them there, and that's why it went to the carpenter house and all that. Well, that too. But I mean, specifically, like, she was there the first attack because she brought Harry in and gave her freebie over um, the second one. I think that she was there the second one because afterwards, isn't that the whole shower scene? 
Well, or, or was it before? Her interrogation, but I do think the interrogation was not far after the second attack. Okay. Because that's when the FBI gets brought in. Right. Well, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm not counting enough. So the, was the second attack the xenomorph? Yeah, because we're kind of not counting hell. Well, because the, the xenomorph then, that was the one that was left over, right? So hadn't Harry already sent them after Molly at that point? Yeah. So, right. Right. Well, no. That's, I mean, that's when he sent them after Molly, and sh that's when they went to the Carpenter house. That's all the second attack. Right. Because that's why they went to the Carpenter house is because he sent them after the quote-unquote summoner, which happened to be Molly, you know. He he basically lit her up like a beacon somehow and said she went that away. I found board. it. So there you go. I found it. He says, uh, "I'm gonna try and turn it back a little bit here. Thirty seconds, please." If you can hear it, the effort of the spell, an enormous drain on me, and had to plant my staff on the ground to keep from falling over. My headache flared up with a vengeance, and the light of my amulet and staff both faded. There were a few more screams, the quick, light sound of frightened feet, and I whirled. I saw someone flee the room from the corner of my eye, but mm. I didn't get much of a look at them. A second later, the room returned to normal. So, like, I think that's pretty important, like, since it's mentioned like that, in that mysterious way, that it, that might have been the wizard trying to stop him. Or Molly, who was there. You were talking about if Molly was there. Molly might have been there, run out, and come back in. Center. But she wasn't at the actual attack because she just decided to ride with Rosie to the hospital afterward. Yeah, but that could have been her talking out the room and then coming back in. I, I don't know why she would do that. Yeah, I don't think that would be Molly. No, so it's, pr it's probably whoever tried to stop uh, I'm going Harry. to time-traveling Harry. <laughs> it's someone. Disprove it. He's like, oh, I was just here to watch a movie. Oh, shit, that's me. I better duck out the room. So... Or it was Thomas running after another fetch. Mm. Right. Or it was Glau checking in on what happened. I just feel vindicated. I knew I remembered this. Oh, there you go. Where were we? I was trying to find that. What were we talking about? We were pretty much around right after the attack, and I think they went to the hospital, right? And he started using his sight. Mm -hmm. Doesn't he come back the next day? Time? Isn't that the next day? He goes home, take a break, and then goes to the hospital. Yes. And we see Pelt is like, heh, whiner. <laughs> He's made of more shoe leather and gristle. Oh, okay. So I think what we skipped over is him taking Molly to the Carpenters. Yeah, right. that was always a fun scene, too. Let he who has never stonewashed his jeans catch the first stone. <laughs> like him saying, you look like Frankenhooker. Yeah. Well, yeah, just, I mean, the the whole interaction with Michael and sort of trying to stay out of it, but then being like, you know, for the love of God, I'm not going out to fight, you know, evil forces just to come home to a house in chaos, you know, type of stuff. So, uh, And yes. this is the first time they've interacted since Death Mask because Harry's been worried about the demon in his head. Right. And Harry, and he's no, like, he doesn't know yet, but Michael knew the whole time. Yeah. Right. I hope this isn't obvious to everyone. You guys know that Frankenhooker is a real movie, right? Sure. I know Franken. 
Yeah, it was, it was a kind of a cool classic kind of uh, black comedy movie from the nineties. Anyway, just throw that in. You swim in different circles. <laughs> Red letter media, man. That's all it and, takes. And Harry just putting his foot in his mouth with the ah yes, a savage from the Gothia something tribe. Chronosartorial tribe. He says something gothic something. Okay. Something gothic something. <laughs> Let's spend the next five minutes looking it up, though. Well, but, <laughs> and then just Michael going, oof. Of the famous Crow Mons Motonsorial Cahokian Goth tribe. There you go. And then Michael just wincing. Or at least, oh, yikes. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, shut up. I mean, I, it pains me to agree with Charity, but I kind of think Molly went really stupid when she decided to be independent. But yeah, like, but I mean, Charity. Well, well, who cares? After this book, this should it really pain you, Charity's? Charity's all sympathetic now. She's got no, a past. She's got a history. Point agreeing with Charity when she's at that stage. But I do I agree. Like, you like, had to do all of those piercings. You had to do all of that tattoos. I mean, to be fair, she she shows she has an inclination for that. Like, she's like this is what she likes. She might regret it later, but I don't really think she's still regretting it kind of type. And I'm not I'm not even sure it's what she likes so much as it's what would shock her parents the most, right? It's yes. clearly a rebellion thing, so. But yeah. she does it for years without them ever knowing. She's not trying to. It's still her. rebellion. Like, yeah, I guess. She I just know. went from being a 14-year-old girl who was afraid of being murdered in her sleep to, you know, an 18, 19-year-old girl who could give a fuck what mommy and daddy think or where is she 17 in this she's book she's 17 in this book yeah which is so, already which is already stretching it cuz like he fucked up his timeline yeah there no I mean, let's face it she's living you know with captain christianity and charity so <laughs> obviously she's going to rebel she's already got the natural you know uh, catholic school girl thing I, so. I mean i'm not denying that and then it's like i just maybe not quite so large tattoos I don't know. Yeah, this is a big tattoo. <laughs> That's, That's what we got out of it. Well, it doesn't. Now she can make herself whatever she wants to look like. So. Does that mean instant removal as soon as she wants it? Probably. Um, almost certainly. Yeah. I mean, not Air, tattoo, but for all intents and purposes, sure. General look, everything. Yeah, probably. Mm. I mean, how I wouldn't be. I I don't remember that the tattoos get mentioned again all that much after this book. Maybe in White Knight, but I don't remember them being mentioned at all once she starts becoming like a real person, and then especially when she becomes the lady. Yeah, it uh, kind of disappears when she realizes that she's being an idiot and stops being a teenager. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's uh, she's yeah, she's veiling herself um, like subconsciously. Yes, but unfortunately, that veil is uh, generally very permanent. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he just forgot he gave her a tattoo. Maybe. I mean, she, you know, she loses a lot. I don't think she really wears the piercings anymore once she moves on. Her hair obviously stays white because that's what the mantle does. But I'm sure she could change it at any moment if she wanted to. Yeah, I may have changed it constantly. But. They have like there's there's splits there's strife in the home. Harry, please help me fix it. I'm going out off to fight monsters now. Then she goes to the hospital the next day. 
There's a great true leather and gristle scene. What else happens there? He sees the, the punctures. Yes, he looks at all three victims, and one is just progressively worse than the other until he gets to Pell, who's kind of even. Uh, what happens next? What's the next part? Blue Plato. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. Which, which I liked because I, I realized this time that, uh, you know, it's him doing the same thing as he did in Blood Rites, but without the chalk this time. You know, so it's less prone to be found and screwed up by somebody just being like, hey, what are all these lines that, you know, basically do a big pentagram on the ground or whatever, you know? In no, this there's, stuff, there's stuff before that. There's He, he has to have a hard heart with Thomas about his secretiveness, and then he goes to, to, to Max to talk to the wind, the queens and, and fix. Oh, right. That was before the Play-Doh. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, even before that, you get the whole, like, Fix is waking up next to a girl, you know? Right. Thomas right. is being secretive and squirrely. All these little subplots. Big like Fix and Lily are together, right? That's the implication there. Yeah. 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 Just want to make sure. Somewhat heavily implied. Yeah. Good. Good for Fix. Except maybe not. I mean, it seems like he was always in love with her. Yeah, but then you think a cold case, and maybe not. Well, that depends on whether or not the summer has the same um, inkling. I assume the restriction of a maiden trying to become mother doesn't allow it to happen. What if what if he had a vasectomy the and, night and she knew? Different. I wouldn't be surprised. I would also I could see it going the other way since summer is all about creation and life versus but maiden versus mother maiden no I, I get it i'm not saying it is I, I tend to think that too i just that's a mystery for another time well that always made sense with what lily said in cold days of like i wanted a husband i wanted children and now i can't have that well to be fair she also probably thought she couldn't do that being the lady anyway she was stupid hey or she was very accurate. She couldn't do that being the lady. Or she was very accurate. It, right, right. Which is fine. So we're just but, saying if, if Aurora had, had had a boyfriend, she wouldn't have gone all crazy is what you told me. They have the meeting. Uh, everybody Maeve likes starts, Max's lemonade. Yes, Maeve starts Real playing the lemonade scene. ice cubes, by the way. Max, like, God is in the details. Yes, like he's the first person to ever think of that. He might be. He might I've be the supernatural creature that invented it. Sure. Then he does the blue Play-Doh thing, which is cool. Man, why are you uh, skipping past the hole? We find out that Maeve's like infected because we have because to of hurry. the scene. <laughs> why do we? Are you yeah, we already we already talked about that. <laughs> like when we did the whole big thing. I know. I know. Ben was supposed hurry. to. Be but there. what about the Black Council attack on Arcus Tor? Yeah, we already talked about that. That's several chapters from now. We're not at that point yet. Thanks, <laughs> doing a meme. Droid attack on the yeah. Wookiees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you. Memes. See, it's so good when people do memes, you know, in real life, so that everyone is just like, oh my god. <laughs> I do the internets. I am the internets. Uh, yeah. So, fine, blue Play-Doh, go. Blue Play-Doh. Blue is for protection. Right. And that's important because Harry believes that's important. Yes. 
we have a fun little interrogation scene where he uh, talks to Susan's replacement, who's a little chubbier, and he made a point of noting that. Yeah. That whole scene is uh, it's just, I, I love it. Lydia Stern, man. He, so he's going to get with Lydia Stern, and then she's going to die, and then he's going to like murder off the entire staff of the Arcane because <laughs> you know, reasons. But yeah, no, it was, it was such a great scene just because like, you know, he outplays the two cops, you know, and, and uh, was it Rick is, you know. Well, Rick gets his name changed because he was rich. Oh, Rick, is that what it was? Dick, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, Green being a douchebag the entire time and like, yeah, that I mean, you, she's 17. You can't just interrogate her without the parents being there and everything. She's a, she's a minor, a minor. Juvenile. <laughs> Juvenile, yeah. Right. Where's her pickaxe? Because she's a minor. Right. It's a great scene. It's so great. anyway, he goes to the hotel room. room. He starts jabbing with Bob. Molly takes a shower. Charity walks in on them because, you know, she's Charity. Because Uriel is the guy who sets up timing. So, Question there. Do you think, oh. like, <laughs> with the end of the book where Molly walks out all naked and it's like, teach me, that she was kind of planning to try to do some there as well? Well, I what? didn't get that. It, I mean, hold on. It just seems kind of stupid if she's going so far to not touch him, to not let him know that she's a practitioner, but also fuck my brains out. Well, those are different moments. Come on. Well, no, yeah, no. I, I was going to say this is this is the hotel room where she just wants to clean up, and later yeah, but what, he's, what she's I'm, already his apprentice. And what yeah, I am no, asking, so I just it seems really stupid for her at the hotel. Like she's either schizophrenic or saying that because I'm asking, do you think she was trying to seduce him there too? No, I think she just wanted to take a shower and clean up because she right. just got interrogated by a bunch of FBI people. Yeah, me. I don't know. I just thought it was like both times she like goes, takes a shower, and then comes out. Oh, at first, like, have you seen my clothes? I left it. Whoops. Was she? I thought she. Well, you have to consider the way she came out too. When she's in the hotel, she just kind of comes out and you know walks right into her mom. Yeah, but really. she's also not coming out with what appears. She doesn't come out with like intent. It seems she's not like doing that attempted come hither thing that she does at the end. Uh, you're right, and the and uh, the purpose is completely played for the yucks, but uh, so I don't I don't see that at all in this scene. Anyway, so it happens. Right. Fetches come again. Harry can't stop them because you know he's Harry. Harry stops three of them. Right. No, he picked yeah. up the spare, quote unquote. Yeah. He didn't stop the. Uh... Sends them after the summoner, which turns out there's it's no summoner, but money's the beacon. Mm -hmm. So he sends them after the commanders. He feels really bad about that. Mouse gets hit and, and Madrigal, who we've also skipped over, but is a white court vampire that's been hanging around, getting off on the fear. Um, kidnaps it's him to sell him on man. eBay. Which is great. It's a great little scene. Are you selling me on eBay? And How Duchess, do you know about eBay? Duchess Ariana is the, uh, the prime bidder at the moment. But apparently it's not only the Duchess who's oh, no. bidding. There's plenty of people. I'm sure Nicodemus was on there too. Oh yeah, he's the, you know what? He's just sitting there. Give me a credit card. Someone gotta like... 
Like the Dutch is sitting there outbidding him. They're just going back and forth. Like Nicodemus will pay any amount. Uh, so Thomas shows up with Mouse, who's still alive. Yay. Um, frees him. They have a nice talk with Madrigal. Glau gets his head cut off, and we meet Eldest Fetch. He gives in to uh, the, the shadow of uh, Lashiel a little bit. Takes right. a little bit more help. To, to help get his bones, like, break without breaking and get out of the thing. And, uh... He threatens uh, Glau. Yeah, well, killed my he dog. thinks he killed his dog. And, and he dies, so, you know, threat, uh, threat correct. Mm-hmm. There's like this. I wonder what Glau can actually like. What what he could do other than run silently a little bit above the ground, like what powers he had. Well, he was only a scion, so who knows? I mean, he was apparently a very good lawyer. That's true. So maybe he just you know had a way with manipulation. But yeah, Scarecrow comes up and he's like, "This is the, the like the prime fetch, kind of like how Cat uh, Sith is like the prime." Well, Mark. Well, well, yeah. Mark. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that at the time. He's like, like when, like Harry, like theorizes later that it's like he's like the embodiment of the Scarecrow or like a like a super like eating a lot of f- fear fetch. But most likely, it seems like he's like the prime. Yes. Like there is a prime for each of them, right? And like, well. anyway, so they manage to escape, and then they're uh, he slips. I just want to mention that for Justin, the scarecrow, the winter face slips on ice. Yeah, but it's in the real world, so you know, no big deal. Yeah, sure. We don't have time to discuss that. No. And then they go to the carpenters and find out. Oh my god, shit got attacked because oh my god, it's actually Molly's fault. I like uh, the little uh, where he's like, "Do you feel this?" Last year, I was like, "Yes." Well, it's uh, who was it? Raphael or one of his lieutenants? Who, yes, like, he the the name, dro- name drops the other archangel. Who? It's like the only time we really hear about Raphael. It's like is Uriel Uriel doing the spy shit? So is like Raphael doing the protection stuff? Is he like the ones like setting up the bodyguard detail? Probably. I mean, they mentioned when Mab talks, when Mab gives all the archangels essentially their titles, she talks about him as the, because in the mythology, Raphael, the demon binder who created the prison for the the demon, um, was it Azazel? Or something similar to that. Anyway, but yeah, so Raphael seems to be kind of the, uh, the guy who deals with that kind of stuff. He made the famous prison that may or may not be Demon Reach, which is partly why one of the theories from a long time ago was that the way Merlin did it was he accomplished it by using Raphael's uh, Archangel Grace, and now Raphael just owns a bar in Chicago where it's a courted neutral ground. Mm -hmm. It's been out there a long time. Anyway, so then they all decide they have to hat up to go to Arctis Tor, and Charity goes with them because you know, yay, proud mama. Yeah, and they go more, and they fight. Movie references and... with the fetches, Bucky the murder clown. Doll, uh, doll, not a clown. Doll, sorry. Uh, what else? Think like, there's like 
Lily's really good at uh, doing a, a tear in the Never Never. Like Harry, who just brute forces it, like always. Yeah. Well, like anything he does, really. She knows what she's doing. So and cool. We've already talked a lot about what happens at Archer right. Store. Uh, and they free Molly. One of the consequences of going to Archer's store is that they were apparently gone for like a day and Karen had responsibilities with the investigation that was going on. Right. Uh, I've always found it a little bit odd that they couldn't like, you know, she kind of got a scratch. Maybe they could like make Thomas could have sucked, like given her one on the side of the face. She could have been like, I got attacked. I was in the hospital. Jane Doe, I was knocked out. And she'd have to prove it. They could have figured something out. Didn't even have to say she was in the hospital. Like she would just like show up like with like a hit in the face and been like, "Was attacked, was <laughs> knocked out, was yeah. hiding." Who knows? They could have. I think they could have figured something out. Maybe. But I mean, the plot line is that you know, she slowly gets like worked out of the police force. This is the first step. But so I get, and this is also reasonable. I just feel like they probably could have figured something out. So they uh, they regroup at the church. Harry confronts Molly about knowing what she is now. This, that, and the other thing. Tells her what she really, really did. Soul gaze mm-hmm. with at all the, her possible uh, futures. Yeah, uh, and they decide to go to the council to plead their case. Then we find out all the stuff that happened with the council. Um, you know. Uh, Michael caught up with them later on, we find out, but they were essentially set upon by outsiders and this, that, and the other thing. And they're still not there, so it's only the Merlin and the gatekeeper. Harry shows him up, and he's like, That was a bad move. Fuck this bitch, we're going to cut her head off. And just before they actually managed to do that, um, Michael and Ebenezer and all them return. Rashid, like, ah, is it a... It's important in this part, you know, find the need for deliberation. Mm-hmm. Like he's stalling. Like five minutes. Yeah. And then he opens the door and lets them all in. Molly becomes his apprentice. Yay. Takes Molly a car tries to back. seduce him and then gets cold water. Which well, we is find- a really great scene. <laughs> Can we call that Chekhov's water, uh, water bottle? What? Or no. like water? Isn't that like how it goes with Chekhov's gun? It's like- well, sort of, but I don't know. Okay. He's like, mean, he's like gonna, the just because the thing stats. is being used does not mean that it is a Chekhov's gun example. Uh, I don't know. I don't write. They have also Michael telling him that he knew about the coin the whole time. Unless you're laughing. Unless you're laughing. And then at the end, he makes up with Ebenezer and they go out for spaghetti. The best spaghetti in town. With waitresses in short shorts, which is key. Does he say that, actually? Yeah, right. <laughs> it says something about the waitress. Uh, I'm ha- uh, I like. Oh Harry. yeah, it's right by the campus. So cute waitresses. Ah. I like Harry and Ebenezer. Like their relationship. I'm happy they make up there. Yeah, you're gonna be happy if he gets off to the next book. No, no, no. Ebenezer's gonna learn about his other grandson, and they're gonna become and best then friends. Die. No, they're not. And then he's gonna die. If Ebenezer dies, what you're gonna write? I don't want to read Dresden Files anymore. Then Klaus the Toymaker finally gets to be on the same council. He's been waiting for like fucking 10 years. 
No, he doesn't want to. He didn't want to because he deferred to the guy who's actually older than him who was saying, hey, fuck you, you're not just putting your favorite on the council. Mm -hmm. But later on, when it's his turn, he has to step aside because of Christos's politicking. Yeah. Some yeah, guy's getting guy. divorced again or something? <laughs> getting married again? He's over yeah. here. Pyramid sitting! Alright, I think we have overrun quite a bit, and I'm yeah. ending now.